everyone welcome back to another episode of the retro gamers podcast episode number 291 larry here and anthony here and what is going on sir how are you i'm doing okay we're uh well we're, we're kind of almost uh we're almost live this week almost uh, very close <laughs> uh, we tec- well technically we could have been live this week because we're recording on the actual tuesday <laughs> basically and dropping on a wednesday last couple of weeks has been wednesday episodes uh yep. life has been busy for us you know uh, life has been busy i don't I, I don't know what excuses you have i have uh, a few uh, uh life uh, finds a way uh you so busy yes um but we're back here, so uh, everything's good to go, and uh, we got a good episode here coming up. But uh, and anything gaming-wise new with you? Have you done it? Because it's been a week since we saw you. Uh, no, you know, it's very interesting. Over the last week, I have avoided my consoles. I just, oh. uh, just I don't know what it was. I just kind of, I started watching movies. Oh, wow. I, I, okay. I yeah. Well, movies and um, the latest season of Doctor Who, I kind of got caught up in that. So. Okay. So, um, but, but um, today, this morning, actually, uh, before work, because I get up, I get up like super early. You really do. Um, it's weird. I do. I do. I get yeah. up super early. Like, like by the time people's alarm clocks are going off, like I've already gotten up, worked out, showered, <laughs> taken a walk to Starbucks, come back, <laughs> fed the cats, fed myself. Um, all before 7 a.m. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why, that's why I, my you know my body shuts down at nine <laughs> so um but this morning i was on my um i was on my pc and um i was looking at steam and i, I was looking at steam and i'm like oh i was like you know and i was looking at theme hospital because i have a mm. copy of that and i i love that game i you know i had the original copy back in like 97 or whatever mm-hmm. it was and then i started thinking about um one of the other pc games that i really loved to play uh which was roller coaster tycoon I remember that. Yeah, I used to play that game like crazy. Yeah. There was I it, look, I love theme parks. Always love theme parks. <laughs> One of my favorite things. Um so Roller Coaster Tycoon was like right up my alley. So I decided to look on Steam for it because I knew it was there. Um and I know they've made like a number of different versions of like Roller Coaster Tycoon. There's one on the Switch. You can Oh yeah, you, yeah. You, there or one or two on the Switch or several whatever it is. Console um, editions. Yeah, the console editions. But but I've heard like the newer ones like they've changed it a lot. So you can't not. you can't purposely kill people this time. No, it's well, no, I don't know if you, I'm assuming you can't, but <laughs> but I think it's like it's changed in a format where it's like you have to level up certain things, like you know, oh, uh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's weird, yeah. Whereas with Roller Coaster Tycoon, it was just like a simulator; you just built the park and you did what you wanted with it. Um, so I just went searching on Steam for it, and I found Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. Mm. Which included the original Roller Coaster Tycoon and two ex- the two expansions that came okay. with it, which were uh, uh, Corkscrew Follies and Loopy Landscapes. Those are the two <laughs> okay. uh, expansions. Six bucks. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, not even wow. I'm not shocked because Steam, yeah. I don't know how they get away with the prices that they do sometimes. I don't know either. But uh, all I know is that this morning I clicked a couple of buttons. <laughs> I purchased myself some Roller Coaster Tycoon awesome. Classic. And I started building my first park. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. You were just ready. I mean, when you get that Steam Deck, I think, honestly, I think you're going to be all in with I this Steam so. Deck. I think so, because I'm, I'm starting to buy more on Steam. And, and so far, a lot of it has been retro. A lot of mm-hmm. it's been nostalgia. It's like, oh, Seventh Guest, Eleventh Hour, um, now Roller Coaster Tycoon. And then I've been buying a lot of board games okay. um, on Steam. 
well, through Humble Bundles and stuff. But on Steam, like there are a lot of board games out there that I own, mm -hmm. but it's great to have them digitally so I can play with people whenever I want. Um, so that's really cool. So uh, yeah, so I have a feeling like as time goes on, I'm like, okay, the Steam Deck might be, you know, a good thing wow. for me. So I saw, I can't remember where it was and I don't want to misquote the website, so I won't say it, but it might be a website that I've used often um, for... Um, like little, uh, little um, adapters, if you will, for consoles mm -hmm. to help like lift them off the ground, get some more airflow and stuff like that. And in some yep. cases security. And I saw these clips for the Steam Deck that mm. now for those of you uh, who don't know what Steam Deck is, just imagine the switch with, with the controllers. So out of the dock and these clips just go on the L and R thumbsticks. So I okay. guess that way you don't, break the sticks if you go to grab it oh interesting because it's okay. got like some some give to it i'm like that's a really interesting idea because whenever i take my switch out from like its carrying case mm -hmm. i'm so scared to grab them by the yep. l and r uh thumbsticks i'm like that's actually a pretty cool idea yeah now so, when i if i find usually, it again i'll let you know yeah as i say usually i grab like um when i'm taking it out of the the dock i grab it by the sides like oh, this, I grab it from I, the top. I just, not, yeah, so I grab it by the sides and lift it. But but I do have on my switch though. I do have a a like protective cover that you put on the front part of the dock. So when you put the switch in, it doesn't scratch. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, that I, I like that part. All so, right, very cool. Um, so yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah, Steam Deck All definitely right. seems more like a possibility for me. Cool. Um, uh, again really fallen in love with roller coaster tycoon again so uh, i may be uh, going down a rabbit hole here that's what it's all about my friend nostalgia me i've uh let me see because last week i really didn't talk too much about games i was playing i was kind of showing off the collection besides mm -hmm. the pop vinyl collection that you see behind me yep. um showing off the gaming collection but i have probably for the last couple of weeks i've been playing i am back into symphony of the night Yes. Well, I mean, you, you've been, you said you've been just on, we, you know, we talked about your Metroidvania addiction yep. lately. So, oh my God. Uh, yeah. So Symphony of the Night was just, you know, eventually going to happen. And I was going to save it like for the very last one to do. Mm. But um, like I would Aria Sorrow again, I got an ending. I don't think it was the final ending, but I'm like, you know mm. what? Done. Dealers out. <laughs> got so, an ending. Moving on. Yeah, basically. So, um, so I'm like, let me do Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Now, I will admit, I did because I still have the disc. So I threw it into my PS1, booted it up, started playing. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is cool. Um, oh, so you I, went like old old school. I was mm. going old old school. Oh, you were. Okay. I was. So. What well, no, it's it's more convenient. So as I mentioned while I was playing the Game Boy Advance Castlevania games, mm -hmm. uh, I fell in love with this wonderful rewind feature. Uh, right. So I'm like, well, rewind feature is not in the original Symphony of the Night, but I'll give it a whirl. I also forgot about the load times. It's 2022. Oh, yeah. I'm not used to load times anymore. No. So I'm like, all right. Now, I didn't get far into it. And then I remembered I have Symphony of the Night on the xbox 360 right okay fun fact about that remember back in the day with the xbox 360 they used to have limits they used to cap off how big a game was on xbox oh, arcade oh yeah that's right and mm -hmm. i remember symphony it was 50 megabytes and symphony of the night was the first one to go over that 
because they wanted to like keep the integrity of the game and everything. Of course. Um, so then I'm like, hey, I have it on the 360, which actually is on the one, the Xbox mm-hmm. Series X. So I started playing it there. And then when I got through it enough, I'm like, oh, there's no rewind feature on this one either. But there's barely any load times. <laughs> yeah. Well, so did did you buy the um, collection on Xbox One or a PS4 that has um, it came with Rondo of Blood? You know, I looked into it. Okay. Does that have I I, I anywhere I read? Okay. Everything I, I read does not have a rewind feature because trust okay. me, I would have bought it. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, well, this seems like it could be no mm-hmm. rewind. So let's do this old school. So I'm sticking with the three six um with the 360 version. All right, um, cool. Just a little more convenience and again, really no load time. So and I realize then we, we can move on from this part. Um, I have completely forgotten everything about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh. That, that happens with me for almost every game I play. If, but, it's, if it's not Zelda or <laughs> NES, I, th- I don't think I remember anything anymore. I mean, there are, I'm getting to parts here that I'm like, this was, is this something new that they mm-hmm. added to the 360? Like, I know the music changed a little bit due to rights. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that in the past, but I'm like, what is this? What is going yeah. on? And of course, I finally hit that moment where I don't know what to do next. Of so, course, uh, you're always going to hit that wall. The cat, the castle is still upright. Um, mm. I did something with the clock, and I forgot the big clock has something to do with it. I know it does, but mm. I can't remember exactly. And I'm not asking for details. I'll figure it out on my own. Oh no, Larry, I haven't played it in 25 years. <laughs> I, do, I do not. I don't. I, I honestly don't remember it. <laughs> so, um, but nevertheless, I'm. I'm. I don't even know how far I'm into it, but I'm a few hours into it. And okay. what's great about it being so long that I've forgotten what it's like. And probably because of my age, I can't remember stuff anymore. It's like playing it fresh again. So that's, what's cool. Well, and you know, and that's the, well, that, that's one of the benefits to having a, uh, well, to loving retro gaming and having a retro gamers podcast, you know, um, we do get to go back and it's like, wow, I've completely forgotten this game, but you remember how awesome it was when yes. you played it. So, yep. so huge benefits to that. So I will keep you guys updated as to where we're at. God only knows when I'll get to the upside down castle. But I am determined to get 200.6% done. So, All right. Well, yeah. I won't hold my breath. I will give up shortly thereafter. I was just going to say, what you're going to do is you're going to get to it. You're gonna, and then, again, a few weeks from now, I got an ending. I'm good. <laughs> basically. Basically. You know, I got it. They flipped the castle. I said, now nah, I'm out. I already got I, an ending. <laughs> I am already so scared because there's no rewinds. You have no, no I've already got to that point where like I've traveled for like an hour, unlocked a lot of the castle, yep. died, and then I forgot to save. So then I had to do it all uh, over again. Oh, yeah. No, not at 42 years old. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, the, that is the worst. That is the worst. We'll see what happens. Always remember to save. Yes. I yeah. do that now. Well, and then but, also the also the benefit to newer, like when you buy them on newer consoles, like some of them auto save, or it's just easier. To they save. do. This one does not. But you're right. Sometimes they do. So yeah. Um, well, I wish you the, I wish you the best of luck with Symphony of the Night. Thank you very much. And um, I, you know, let's kind of dive more into stuff like because RPGs seem to be because it's kind of like the Symphony of the Night's kind of like an RPG, you know, in a, in a way. Mm, no, it's a Metroidvania. All right, fair That's enough. okay. I, I appreciate the, the, the segue attempt. <laughs> well, um, I, I also appreciate the fact that I get to call you out when you do it poorly. So. <laughs> well, I, I would have considered it an RPG back then. Uh, no, not even a little bit. All right. So. <laughs> you level up, you have experience points. Right. And you have to keep changing your stupid gear. Okay. Okay. You do that uh, in if, Zelda. If, if that's not our... Uh, but I, all right, I know, I know. Uh, all right, 
this is going to be an argument for another time but i know this Zelda sounds like a debate this sounds like a debate is an adventure but you don't level up with link you kind of do yeah you get the rings that's about it you get whatever, the ring, but every time stupid and, cooking you're doing in no the new one. like you know every time every time you uh i'm talking about the older ones though like every time you kill uh, every time you beat a level uh you get an extra heart you know like this stuff like that you, it and eh, you know i'll there, give there, it borderline again borderline. again there, there's debate it's debatable <laughs> everything's debatable um but um since you brought up rpgs because that's sure. what we're going to talk that's what we're going to talk about today it's not like we we practiced this before and i didn't know when we were no. going to get to it no well we did practice it like 5 minutes before we started <laughs> so um so I thought it would be uh, we haven't we haven't done one of these in a little while. I think we did one recently, like in the last couple of months. But you know, every once in a while, I love to go back and do a retro spotlight. Yeah, well, I just told you my memory is shot. So yeah, your memory is shot. So yeah. um, so I, I, I'll do my best to remember things, even though mine's not that great either. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Um, so we decided, uh, or I decided, I guess, um, that a retro spotlight would be in order this mm-hmm. week, and it was specifically because. Um, we received a message on YouTube from somebody who listens to the show. Who's yes. you know, we an actual fan. We have one fan. Yeah, we do. I, we, we swear to you that we, we do. Fan. We have a fan and he actually wrote to us on YouTube. And hey, we actually pay attention to messages that we get, which is great. <laughs> we um, really do, yes. We, we actually do. Um, so um, so uh, um, his name is Matt, Matt from YouTube. And okay. um, he actually had a request for us and said, uh, I, have the, I have the message here on YouTube. Okay. Um, I'm Matt. I'm a big fan of your show. Uh, I was just wondering if you can do a retrospective video about Super Mario RPG. I can't remember if you both played it. I thought it would be a cool subject to talk about. It's one of my favorite Super Mario games. Well, Matt, um, you have asked. We are answering. Yes. Um, we are going to do a retro spotlight this week on Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Yes. Yep. And that Again, is our review. Thank you. No. And that is our review. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Dunsky. Um, but uh, this is a game that I know I hold near and dear to my heart. Larry, mm-hmm. I, know, I know you've played through it as well. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So we both are well-versed in the game. Uh, granted, I had to do a little research to jog the memory because, again, uh, this game came I, out. This game came it. out. This game came out before Symphony of the Night, so it's even older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. So, um, yeah, I'd, and the last time I probably played it was when it was brand new. Yeah, same here. So. Um, I remember. No, actually, that's not true. I do remember playing it at a certain point. Um, I don't remember if it was in the 2000s or the 2010s. Whatever. Oh wow. Okay. But like, I I I decided to start it over, and I got like maybe an hour in, and then moved on. But not because I didn't want to play through it again, just because I got distracted with a different game. Fair, uh, it's the story of our lives. Right. Um, you know, seeing how I'm in this kick of playing and restarting games, you know what? Maybe I'll, this is something I'll tackle next. You know, give myself a break from yep. these Metroidvania games. Um, because, yeah, Super Mario RPG, and this, for me personally, I know we're going to get into some stats and stuff and yep. at least talk about it. But personally speaking, you know, this was a time... Game came out in 96, um, and it was a time for me where I was not playing RPGs. Um, I still, for the life of me, I still cannot tell you how I got my hands on Shining Force, uh, which ended up becoming my favorite uh, RPG series. But I remember when this game came out, Super Mario RPG, yes, 
The selling point is Super Mario. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But like normally, if this was any other game, I would have stopped playing it moments into it just because I wasn't into RPGs. But right. this game just was able to take Mario, put a different spin on him, and even bring nostalgia in 1996 that you weren't seeing too much a little bit in, in bits and yeah. pieces of the game that we'll talk about. So yeah, this was a big one. Yeah, this was definitely a big one. Um, it, you know, it was just my own personal uh, view also completely unique. And that's what was appealing to it because I don't know the two of us for, um, I think up until this point, RPGs were not really, uh, our go-to games like I know for me like uh, where it really worked like Shining Force was the only RPG game I played mm-hmm. until Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and then once I played Final Fantasy 7 I started to go back and I started to look at more RPG games because um, you know I fell in love with Final Fantasy 7 yeah but um, but other than yeah but basically it was Shining Force Super Mario RPG and then Final Fantasy for me um so, and not only that, it's like, we got to see, to your point, we got to see um, Mario, the characters that we've known now for almost 10 years mm-hmm. um, in a, com- you know, in a completely different format, style um, and gameplay. So it was just really appealing to me. Uh, and, and of course, leave it to Nintendo to always um, um do well when it comes to story you know they made a really solid story out of it they had the opportunity to make something complex because mm. mario games at that point were really just princess has been kidnapped you're going through the you're going through all the different levels granted they added little story elements as you went on like you know um, super mario world you meet yoshi you go to different worlds and stuff but at the end of it it's just the basic save the princess type of thing this one also, it involved you saving the princess, but then it became more than that as you went on, which is cool. So, um, so I'm just gonna dive right in here yeah, go for it. on uh, our information. Uh, so, Super Mario RPG: Legend of the Seven Stars has a subtitle. Mm. I always forget that subtitle. <laughs> yep. Um, it was uh, it was developed by Square, and those everybody who knows Square knows Final Fantasy, right? That's what they're synonymous with. Not only that, but for Nintendo to, to kind of be like, hey, guys, here's another company. Here's our bread yeah. and butter. Take care of it. Exactly. And uh, Square definitely did it justice. This was 100%. also before um, this was also before Square had merged with Enix. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So this was pre this was pre merger. This is just Square. Um, yep. Developed by Square, published by Nintendo. Like Larry said, Nintendo Normally, not the type to hand out their properties to anybody. You can go look at the um, Zelda Mario games on the CDI as a perfect <laughs> yeah. example of why. I'm being burned. Yeah. So, but they trusted Square, obviously, because Square were, uh, you know, Square was the, um, uh, they had the experience in the RPG world yep. and Nintendo did not. Um, produced by a very familiar name, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Ah, yes. Uh, he was the producer. It was released on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the only platform at the time it was released on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released on March 9th, 1996 in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple months later, uh, May 13th, 1996 in North America. So we, of course, had to wait a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first RPG of the Mario franchise, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, the story revolved around Mario and his friends seek to defeat Smithy, 
a robotic gangster that crashed into their world and steals the seven star pieces of Star Road. And we were, if I remember correctly, we were first introduced to Star Road in Super Mario World. Um, it, yeah, no, there was that whole star. You're right, Star Road because it looked like a star. Yeah, um, or was that then, that wasn't in Mario Super Mario Three, was it? No, 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 it was Super Mario. No, World. It was World. Yeah, it was World. Yeah, because okay. you you zoomed up and then and then it even unlocked even more man, like groovy, you know, hip and all those other weird yes. secret things. Yeah. Yes. So so you have to reassemble the seven pieces of Star Road. You have to defeat Smithy again, an original um, an original villain. Now we're we're moving away from Bowser or King Koopa. And moving on to Smithy. Um, again, uh, it, because it was an RPG game, it was a turn-based format where you chose three characters for your party. So there were more than there were uh, ultimately, I think five. There were five characters total that you could play as, mm-hmm. um, and those were Mario. For the first time ever, you got to play as Bowser. Yes, uh, Bowser, and he was very powerful. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, on your team. Uh, you got to play as Princess Toadstool. Mm-hmm. I, believe the, uh, I believe the last time you got to play as her was just Super Mario Brothers 2 at the time yep, yep. Uh, on NES. Um, and then two new characters. Sadly, Luigi, not in there. Um, <laughs> poor Luigi. Never, never, never makes the cut. Um, Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Always. But uh, two other characters in the game were actually two brand new characters to the Super Mario world, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, <clears throat> or canon. One name is Malo, like Marshmallow, Malo. Uh, He is a cloud boy who thinks he's a tadpole. I don't know if you remember that from the game. I do remember that, yes. I remember that too. And he looked like a marshmallow. I know he's a cloud, but he looked like a marshmallow. He looked like a marshmallow, but he was from, he was was a cloud. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last character, my personal favorite, Gino. (laughs) Do you like Gino? Yeah. Uh, I love Gino. Uh, (laughs) Gino was a doll that became possessed by a spirit from Star Road. Yep. Um, and he became uh, he became one of the characters you can choose. A from. real boy, yeah. Basically, it was kind of like that Pinocchio story where the yeah. doll comes to life, uh, actually gets bigger too. Like he's a little doll that just like turns. He does. He does grow. Yeah. yeah, he grows. Uh, and I guess he would almost be like the. Uh, to me, he was almost like the magician of the the group. Like you know, you have a mage in Final Fantasy. Okay, I can uh, see that. I yeah, that's that. What, yeah. That, that that's the role I thought he kind of played in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Princess Toadstool to me was always the um, the healer. Yes, that's what you know. That's what you used her for mainly. Yep. Um, but yeah, so those were the five playable characters, and you would ro- obviously you rotate between which ones you wanted to use based on the battles you fought. Because mm-hmm. you know, in certain battles, different characters needed to be used if you wanted to be successful. Or at least that was my experience. Hence the strategy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the different worlds in the game included going through the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, Moleville, which, if you want to know, is a land full of moles. Uh, <laughs> mole, Monst- mole, mole. Monstro Town, monsters. Uh, Yoster Isle, which were uh, Yoshi. Um, maybe oh, yeah. Yoshi. Yep. Uh, Nimbus Land, which is where Malo learns he is a cloud boy. Uh, and then you had Bowser's Castle, and finally Smithy's Homeworld, where yes. the final battle occurred. Um, Development of the game started back in 1994. Uh, Miyamoto wanted to make an, uh, a Mario RPG game. Mm-hmm. Square, uh, and they uh, they teamed up with Square because Square was actually looking for something as well. Square wanted to make an RPG that would be popular outside of Japan. Up until this point, RPGs were really central to Japan. They were very, very niche 
in other they, markets, especially in North America. And not only that, but they were very like, excuse me, like like JRPGs, Japanese role playing games. Yep. Are very like story driven. I find mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of t- like you're reading more than you're playing. So no, thank you. But um, I think here, no, like all joking aside, here in North America, you know, we want to play, we want action, we want to actually get get yes. into it. Um, so yeah, I can see that how even shocked how Final Fantasy kind of made its way over, but how Square really wanted to break into North America, and this was a great way to do it with an, a quote unquote original IP. Yeah, I, I do want to point out really quickly that the person who said reading, no thank you, is a college graduate who used to work in a bookstore. <laughs> I never read the books. I there's, just had to sell there, them. There's irony there. Yeah, so when somebody <laughs> came up to you and said, you know, do you, can you recommend this book for me? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> they were college books. They had to buy them. No, I didn't. It was easy. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so, so it turned out that um, Miyamoto and Square both wanted they both had interests for specific reasons, so it was kind of kismet and worked mm-hmm. out for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the game or gameplay was first unveiled in 1995 at the V Jump Festival in Japan. Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't, sure, don't know what that was. <laughs> um, and while making the game, games like Final Fantasy VI and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past were referenced to create a mix of action and adventure gameplay and RPG. So they tried to take both formats and meld them together. And you can see that when you're going through it. There are- 100%. Yeah, there are definitely some, there are a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of RPG in there, but you can see where the action adventure comes in. Because it's stuff that you do like on the map, like, like yeah. you know, so you have your battles, you know, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy style, but you're right, there was stuff that you do straight on the map which yeah. would be more Zelda-like. So, like okay. Zelda, okay, like, yeah. yeah, Zelda and, you know, yep. the overworld type of stuff, yep. um, which is really cool. Um, so the release, you know, like I said, the release was in 1996, March and May, respectively. Um, response to the release, overwhelm- overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. That word always gets me, <laughs> overwhelmingly. Um, and just to run down a couple Folks, of Folks, this is a person who has master's degrees, I think multiple master's degrees, and That's he has right. problems with pronouncing some very basic words oh yeah so uh i won't uh i won't correct you anymore when you say saga <laughs> sega 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 now you got me questioning it sega you sega. say sega all the time sega. four letters four letters <laughs> um so mario rpg release response and again back then kind of sort of bit well it, the internet was at its infancy so we relied on these things called you know video game magazines oh yeah uh, Nintendo Power gave it a 16.2 out of 20. Uh, EGM, Electronics Gaming Monthly. Oh, I used to or, love that magazine. I love that magazine too. Yeah. 30, 35 out of 40. Okay. Uh, Eurogamer gave it a 9 out of 10. And Game Informer, 9.25 out of 10. There you go. So yeah, so overwhelmingly positive reviews on the game. Uh, sales of the game, 2.14 million units sold. Um, doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think of the timing, this was yeah. 1996, Super Nintendo was winding down, Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. literally four months away. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say over 2 million units at that time was very, very I think respectable so. for uh, a Super Nintendo game. Yep. Um, uh, the, uh, the legacy of the game um, that I have here, uh, IGN, 
at one time named it the 30th best game of all time. Wow. Okay. Um, th- but this, this was back in 2006. No, no, of course. Okay. Yeah. You know, these are all, you know, yeah, respected uh, for their times. Respected for their time. Uh, EGN named it the 26th best game of all time in 1997. So the year after it came out. Okay. So it very quickly rose, you know, to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite how popular it was, a sequel was never made. Yeah. Um, but Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi were RPG successors to Super Mario RPG. So we may not have had those if Super Mario RPG was not A, made and B, successful. I think so. Uh, I never played Paper Mario series. Uh, that was out on N64 GameCube. Mm-hmm. I did play the Mario and Luigi. Well, I played at least the first game because those were on Game Boy Advance and then they moved over to the DS. Okay. And 3DS. So I played the first one. I want to say it was Superstar Saga or something. Um, that was a very fun game. That was, again, straight up RPG. Uh, and Luigi was in it, hence Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Um, so, but you were, again, even though it was not a direct sequel, like Anthony said, to Super Mario RPG, you definitely see where it came from. And you weren't going to get that series, which ran all the way up to, you know, Inside Bowser or whatever it was called on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for yep. Super Mario RPG, I don't know. For some odd reason, I thought you had played um, Thousand Year Door on um, GameCube. I don't no, know why I thought that. No, no, I played Super Paper Mario, which is oh, a little Super different. Paper Mario. Okay. A little different. Yeah. Got it. All right. Uh, and then, uh, last little legacy bit um, Super Mario RPG, uh, aside from being released on the Super Nintendo, was also released on the Wii and the Wii U via their virtual console. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to get your hands on a Super NES Classic Edition, um, it is one of the games on there. Yeah, you know, for a game that I would have thought, you know, they, they re-released Super Mario All-Stars on Wii. They re-released mm-hmm. some other games on Wii. I'm kind of shocked that Super Mario RPG, other than the virtual console, never got like some sort of re-release. I'm not saying like a graphical upgrade release, but just yep. like a re-release and that it took the uh, Super NES Mini, the Super NES Classic, to put it on where it's not even on the Nintendo online uh, Switch Super NES games. It's oh, not yeah, on there, Switch which online, is... Yeah. Every every time there's a release coming out, everyone's like, Super Mario RPG, let's go. This is time. This is it. Um, So I'm shocked it's not on there yet. But it was it was really cool for them to add it on the the mini because I feel like that almost kind of. Well, I was going to say help boost sales, but people will buy it no matter what. No, but nowadays it definitely made it worth buying. Like that was one of the main games to have. Yes. On the uh, Super Nintendo. Like like if you had all the other games in like on your virtual consoles in some way, shape or form um, or your Switch virtual console, it's like that was the reason to get 100 percent. The Super Nintendo Classic. 100 percent. Yeah. No question. Um, So, yeah. uh, And then I have some fun facts to run through. Do it. Um, Do it. Uh, Super Mario RPG was the last Super Nintendo game released by Square in America. Interesting. On that console. Well, again, uh, the end of the, like you said, end of the down. life cycle. Yep. Yep. And again, um, consoles in, we've talked about this before, consoles in America had shorter lifespans than in Japan. True. Very like, true. You know, like we talked about uh, a long time ago, how uh, the original NES was active with game releases until like 2001. Well, the Famicom specifically. Oh, the Famicom. Sorry. Yes, the Famicom. So yeah, yeah, it lasted a long time. They definitely had a longer shelf life out there. People still played their games out there. 
even if a new console came out here we just (laughs) threw them out um i was forced to sell my games and i'm still to this day i still don't all right. I'm forgiving uh, my mother. Take it up with your mom. <laughs> uh, would you want, we can have her on the show. We can debate it if you want. Oh, I would love to. She would swear up and down. She didn't do it. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, uh, we brought up uh, Paper Mario as like the, you know, untitled sequel. Successor. Yeah. Successor. But before it became Paper Mario, before they named it Paper Mario, it was originally announced as Super Mario RPG 2 okay. for the 64 disk drive. Ooh, yeah okay and as we know the 64 dish drive never made it over here nope so um yeah that would have been interesting and it would have been um but i and i wonder if it was going to be that paper style or if they were just like they had originally said all right we'll make a sequel to it and then they just went in a different direction yeah i got you kind of like almost like like wind waker like i still like huh i love wind waker oh such a great (laughs) game um the uh okay so some more more fun stuff here uh obviously it's the last mario game made on the super nintendo mm-hmm. uh because a, a few months later you had super mario 64 yes yep game uh, changer another game changer um there was a children's book back in 2006 very this is i thought this was interesting uh children's book in 2006 released by scholastic if you remember Scholastic. Of course. Uh, the name of the book was Mario and the Incredible Rescue. And it contains locations and characters from Super Mario RPG. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. So the, so 10 years later, they dipped back into the RPG game yeah. to use. Um, uh, oh, uh, there. Um, where's, where's my little note about this one? No. Uh, I put it here. Oh, okay. Here. So Gino. Who I told you was like how could you forget character. Gino, who was my favorite character. Um, for a very long time, nobody has seen Gino, right? <laughs> Mar- he was in I Mario- think I saw him on my milk cart in this no, morning. No, 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 like he was in Mario RPG and then was never to be seen again. But in 2020, only a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Gino was added as a knee fighter costume in Super Smash Brothers as paid DLC. That I thought he was a trophy. No, he's a no, no, I believe you. I believe you. I thought it was a trophy, yep. but a costume is even better. Yep. It is the only time Gino has been used since Super Mario RPG. And as a sad on a sadder note, uh, Malo and Smithy, the villain in the game, um, they've never been seen again. <laughs> Gone from existence. Yeah, I, uh, I just I just assumed that maybe Malo was the angry cloud in the Super Mario Brother games. <laughs> Yes, always uh, constantly having a lack a lack of two inside of it. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, so maybe just, he was just, maybe he just became rough. one of those. I don't know. Honestly. But yeah, Malo and Smithy never seen again. And all joking aside, though, I think, and we've talked about it before, kind of the reason why you never really saw these characters much, let alone really saw re-release of Super Mario RPG, is because of Square. Square probably owns well, Square Enix now probably owns those characters, yep. and because of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate already had Square. Enix working with them, it was easier yep. for that. But to get them in a separate game would have been tough. Um, true, no, no. logic on it. So very, no, very, yeah. very true. Um, the soundtrack for the game, uh, the soundtrack for Mario RPG, was produced by Yoko Shimomura. Uh, oh, okay. Yoko Shimomura, Yoko. Okay. who did uh, not Yoko Ono, Yoko <laughs> Shimomura. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and uh, if you don't know that name, which um, I know, Larry, you do not. Um, <laughs> but, Dare uh, you. I know exactly who Yoko Ono is. Oh, I'm sorry. The other no, no, no. Uh, Yoko okay. Shimomura uh, also did the soundtracks for some other very well-known games. 
Street Fighter 2. Oh, wow. Legend of Mana. And the very popular Kingdom Hearts. Wow. Okay. That's a heavy hitter. Yep. Very heavy hitter. Um, Super Mario RPG is one of only seven Super Nintendo games to include a Super Accelerator chip to handle the complicated movement of the 3D rendered characters. Okay. So this was like the first time they, like, or at least for Mario, it was the first time they went into that 3D rendered realm. Yeah. Again, a few months later, we got Mario RPG. But if you know, remember that three-quarter view, they actually did have to do 3D renders. They were constantly throwing chips into Super Super NES games. Yeah. You know, remember the big one, like for Star Fox? Yep. The, Star the, Fox the, and, the FX chip? Yep, the FX chip. And then they had this Super Accelerator chip. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, beca- and what's interesting about this is um, because of the Super Accelerator chip, um, the game was actually too costly to adapt for the PAL Super Nintendo machines. Oh, wow. So a physical game of Super Mario RPG was never released in Europe. They never got this game. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was just too, it would have been too expensive to make. Okay, I can see that because PAL is a little slower than than Yeah, so here. it yeah, because the PAL version runs at like 25 frames per second, mm-hmm. and this this ran faster than that. So to readapt the game and give it, you know, give it the chip that it needed, it would have just cost too much. So they just skipped okay. out on they skipped out on Europe. Sorry, Europe. Um couple of other things here. Uh there are, I don't know if you remember this, but in Super Mario RPG, there are actually 12 mini games that you play throughout Ooh. your adventure. Mini games. Mini games, which predated you know, predated Mario Party by a couple of years. I think I remember a couple, literally a couple. I feel like yeah. one of them had to do with like um like uh like you know when you're on the water with the log and you're spinning yeah, on it. The the Midas River course. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, a couple other ones. Uh, I don't have them all here. Beatlemania was one. Ooh, uh, I think I remember great that. Great Guys Casino was another. I think there was a uh, there was a Yoshi race as well. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yep, there was a Yoshi race as well. Uh, but twelve mini games. So we got to start seeing you know the whole mini game craze mm-hmm. here in Mario RPG. Um, here uh, you can find a couple of things in. Um, oh, well, uh, before I get to those, a uh, little hidden items in the game. But uh, Bowser, for some reason, don't know why, uh, he has different battle victory animations in the American and Japanese versions of the game. Really? So, yeah. So when you finish a battle, you, the characters turn around, they do a little victory celebration. Bowser does it differently in each game. You know, I do remember him giving us the bird. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's, that's what, what it was. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of hidden things in the game. I don't know if you knew this, but... Um, I only know of one. Okay. So... You can find in the game two F Zero ships. Oh wow! And and Star Fox's R wing on display. And I do remember finding these when I played through the game. They're on. I don't dis- remember exactly. Yeah, they're on display in Hanopio's place in the game. It was okay. a little. It was a little shop. And if R? you walked, if you walked over to the right, yeah, they were sitting on top of crates. They were okay. Like miniature versions of two F Zero ships, and then Star Fox's. Mm-hmm. Which is you know cool little nod, yeah. But then um, the other the other big hidden thing in the game was at different times in the game, you can find two very well known uh, Nintendo characters sleeping in beds in the yes. Mushroom Kingdom. Yes, or not in Mushroom. Uh, yeah, so in the game somewhere in the game. Yeah, the game. you remember the two? Uh, I believe it would be Samus mm-hmm. and Link. Samus and Link. Yes. So 
um, for um, Link, after you defeat uh, Bowyer in the game, if you go back to the inn in Rosetown and spend the night, Link will be sleeping in the room when you wake up. <laughs> Not sleeping next to you. He'll be in a different bed. <laughs> That's the other thing the transfer when they were coming over. <laughs> that, was a, that, would, that would have been some other type of acceleration. <laughs> Um, and then to see Samus after getting the fifth star piece on the sunken ship, if you go back to the mushroom kingdom and search the guest room, mm-hmm. Samus will be there in her armor in the bed. Ah, and, and you can, you can actually talk to Samus, I believe as well. Cause Samus will say something like she's getting her rest before she goes to battle mother brain or something. I'm like that. pretty I'm sure, sure she talked to link too, but it was just like a bunch of dots. Yeah. I think link is just sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. But Samus actually does. Yes speak to you um and those are okay so and those are all my fun facts just super mario RPG. i got the only other fun fact for me to mention what is i remember the part it, it just it was cool when it happened and when i talked about like going back to retro and i don't remember where it is i just remember at some point in the game you walk behind a curtain as mario oh yes you come back out your 8-bit mario your 8-bit mario yeah and like for the first time you're like oh i remember that from yep. 10 years earlier uh, so I always thought that was when first playing through it, that was really cool. Yeah. And I think like uh, you could do it, I think like two or three times and then it wouldn't happen anymore. Cause I remember exactly. doing it repeatedly. And then I was like, oh, cause I think you like regular <laughs> Mario, Super Mario, and then like fire Mario. And then like, I think that was it. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was a great, it was a great nod. Yeah. Um, so. But um, I thought uh, that those are all the fun facts. Yeah. We threw one in there, which was really cool. And I thought I would end our retro spotlight by sharing okay. um, my copy of Super Mario RPG that I bought in Japan. Ooh, fancy. When I was over in Japan for work. There's Malo. There's Gino. Yep. All of them on the cover. Very nice. And Yoshi. And Yoshi, yes, Yoshi, Yoshi too. Yoshi's not playable. There. Um, of course, I've never played this version because it's uh, you know, the Japanese version and I wouldn't <laughs> understand the word of it. Um, I'm sure I could still play through it, but yeah. And just Very cool. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Excellent condition, of course. Awesome. You know, um, awesome. but uh, definitely I couldn't find my uh, I think I have the American version. I just couldn't find it. But this one was prettier because I have the box. So. Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, Super Mario RPG, definitely one of my favorite games ever released on the Super Nintendo. Uh, and that is uh, that is our retro spotlight. Huh? All right. And we actually we talk about it every week, but we really have so much cool stuff that we share on social media that we, you know, we want people to know definitely go everywhere that we have social media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're always sharing, we're always sharing different uh, memes or news stories um, that we find, you know, throughout the week, because um, we don't just do this podcast, uh, you know, and drop that. We also, you know, pay attention to what's going on in the retro game universe. Uh, and, and, we, and current gaming as well. Somewhat, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so for those of you who uh, enjoy listening to our show or watching our show, please, you know, follow us, like us, leave a, leave a, um, a positive review. Yes. Um, we are at, we absolutely everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, we're on YouTube. You can watch us on YouTube. Just look up Retro Gamers Podcast. Uh, and then you can also find us on Facebook.com slash Retro Gamers Podcast, on Instagram at Retro Gamers Podcast, and on Twitter at Retro Gamers Pod. You can also email us if you want uh, if you want to just chat with us or if you want to make a suggestion the way that Matt did with our Retro Spotlight this week. 
email at theretrogamers.com. We do get DMs. We do get messages. We do respond mm -hmm. to them. Trust me. We love interacting with all you guys and gals. So definitely hit us up. Let us know. And as you can see, maybe we'll do uh, your suggestion uh, on the show. So Exactly. Just like we did this week. Um, and uh, we will actually be right back as we go through our next segment, which will be our top 10 Super Nintendo RPGs. Ooh. All right, Larry, since we did the retro spotlight on Super Mario RPG, I thought I would stay in the RPG realm for, you know, the rest of the show. Also because it was a very light news week. Um, yeah, it really wasn't too much happening. Yeah, couldn't couldn't really find a lot on the, yeah, on the, yeah, on the news side of things. I don't know mm -hmm. why. But uh, so what I decided to do was I decided to look up the top 10 selling RPGs on the Super Nintendo. Okay. I was just curious to see where Super Mario RPG fell into it because at first I was like, well, 2, 2.1, I think it was like 2.14 million. I'm like, maybe it's not going to make the top 10. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough to tell. I mean, but it will, because it was the last one. Hey, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just read it. Yeah. See what it is. I yeah. have a feeling it's somewhere like above seven. I want to say it's above seven. It's above seven. Okay, Six we'll, see what, well, we'll see what happens. Okay. okay? Um, but I was actually very surprised when I saw where it did fall because it did make the top 10. Oh, okay. well, there you go. All right. Made the top 10 first off. Uh, and a lot of these, it's going to sound repetitive uh, mm -hmm. because there, again, there weren't a ton of RPGs out. No. Um, so at, num at number 10, mm -hmm. with 1.4 million units sold, mm. Uh, Dragon Quest Three, Dragon Quest, of course. The like, if you weren't playing Final Fantasy, you were playing Dragon Quest, or yeah, you're playing honestly. like those were the two well-known franchises. I didn't realize so, three was on Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah, cool. Three was on Super Nintendo. I remember getting one for free in the mail. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, how did you? Uh, Nintendo what, Power. Nintendo Power. That's yep. right. Um, I remember getting one many, many years later and just putting it in a box. Uh, <laughs> never played it. Well, that's uh, what I did with the one that I got free in the mail. You, I'm sure that's what you did. You're like, wait, I got to walk around. There's words? I tried it, but every those uh, slimes kept getting me. Uh, I liked finding the slimes. <laughs> All right. Number nine at 1.49 million units. Nine. nine. We got Romancing Saga 2. Okay. Okay. Okay, not, I'm not really familiar uh, with that one. Again, over from Japan. Yeah. I mean, it's not yes. from, well, it is from Japan, but yeah, it's yes. a game. It's a game. There you go. Uh, number eight, 1.8 million oh. units. My six and up is going to look good here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Final Fantasy IV. Okay. Now, right. is this Japanese Final Fantasy IV or our Final Fantasy IV? Uh, it was listed as Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> okay, so we'll leave that up to... Uh, yeah, they, they, those got all really confusing. <laughs> I don't remember. Was Final Fantasy IV here? Was Final Fantasy II? I don't, I honestly don't remember. No, no, no. Be, no, no, no. Because Final Fantasy VI was Final Fantasy III here. I thought Final Fantasy IV was like our two or something. Well, no, our six was their three. Oh, here we go. Yeah, see, well, no, we're not doing that. We're all not right. doing it. We're, we're not doing no time this, this, No, this becomes Kingdom Hearts all over again. <laughs> Still epic. It's great. <laughs> I love that thing. That was great. All right. Um, number seven, 1.83 million units, edged out Final Fantasy IV by a hair. Uh, Secret of Mana, which is a very well-known RPG. Never, game. I think I started it, but I never really got into it. Yeah. it. 
no, that doesn't surprise me at all. No. Um, number six, very surprised, thought it would be higher. Hmm. 2.03 million units, Chrono Trigger. Really? I, I am shocked that's where it's at. Yeah, I, I thought top three. Well, did, did it just take time for, for people to love Chrono Trigger? No, I, guess... I think it, I think it was just one of those games where it was successful enough, but it never really blew up the way that we now like we like we hold that as one of the best RPGs yeah. ever made. But I don't think at the time it was getting clearly noticed. not. I mean, yeah. but also remember first game in the franchise. Yeah. So first ones usually are harder. True. To, yeah, they, they they have the hardest hill to True. climb. Um. So, and as you'll see here, like you'll see as the list goes on, sequels did better than previous ones. Okay, I can so, see that. Yeah, so number five, 2.14 million units goes to Super Mario RPG. Right there oh, in the nice. middle, top five, really cool. Um, very happy about that. Uh, and then top four, not going to be any surprise. Number four, Final Fantasy V. Okay. 2.45 million units. So again, like I said, you know, the sequel doing better than four. Yeah. Final Fantasy IV. Um, number three, 2.8 million units goes to Dragon Quest V. Okay. Number two, at 3.2 million units, Dragon Quest VI. <laughs> Damn Dragon Quest. Okay. And, and then number one, 3.42 million units, again, barely edging out Dragon Quest VI, Final Fantasy VI. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, apparently fives and sixes are the way to go. Yeah, well, what I found interesting on the list is that you had Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6, yeah. right? And then Dragon Quest, you had 3, 5, and 6. What what happened to Dragon Quest 4? You was know, it, it's... Was it, was it bad? Was it the was it like the redhead red stepchild of the, of the franchise? Was it on the Virtual Boy? Uh, maybe it was. Um, no, how dare you. It would be number one then. Um, I, you know, with thousand, what's <laughs> dare you? Uh, I, I feel like I saw a video. I don't know if it was angry video game nerd or somebody else who did a like chronological order or something of Dragon it's, Quest. Yeah. And I feel like four was just like a weird oddity. Mm. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Uh, but obviously something, somebody didn't like it. No, apparently not. Um, so it wasn't, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened with Dragon Quest four and I didn't really look into it. I'm trying to look into it now, but, uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, okay. Uh, so yeah, Dragon Quest Four didn't make it, but you know, but again, um, six of the ten Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest each That's getting insane. three slots. Yeah. But the fact that Super Mario RPG hit, you know, number five, I thought I'm happy with that. Yeah, Chrono, Chrono Trigger was a big surprise. Um, are these global sales or U.S.? Um, they are what Wikipedia told me. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna guess I global they, then. I thought they were global sales. Uh, if it's global. Then yeah. it makes sense. Well, Final it, Fantasy and Dragon right. Quest. They're, well, they're you're not, also calling it Dragon Quest. Here it was Dragon Warrior. Not, wait, it was Dragon Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure these are global sales because I don't think, uh, I honestly don't think they would do those numbers here. No, I especially so. though that many Dragon, that many RPGs like that. Yeah. I don't think so. So, so. so um, yeah, I, I will, I will side with that. Um, you Fair know, enough. if anybody decides to look into this and wants to correct us, just <laughs> the message up. We love being correct. Well, Larry loves being corrected. I don't know. Uh, all um, the time, all the time. But uh, yeah, so th those are the Almost top becoming 10 unfun. Uh, very unfun. Um, so those are the top 10 selling RPGs on the Super Nintendo. 
Um, a couple other bits uh, I wanted to share that's outside of the RPG realm. Okay. Um, one is, and I know we talked about this recently, um, but it is officially it has officially been released. The Lego Atari Twenty Six Hundred is now available yes. for purchase. I saw that. Not only does it look really cool, like it looks like the console when you put it together. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking at it from a distance, I think you can mistake it for the console. <laughs> but there's a hidden. I don't know if you know this, like there's a hidden room inside the console. And I don't know how it works. Either you you flip it open or you drop down, but there's like a hidden compartment inside the console that reveals uh, a living room from like the early 80s. That's interesting. I didn't see that. With a Lego character in there. And there's like a couch. How big is this thing? I don't know. Uh, it's well, it's big. It's it's twenty five hundred Lego pieces, like over twenty five hundred Lego pieces. So how much? How much was the Nintendo? Do you remember? The Nintendo was two sixty, I think, and the uh, Atari, I think, is two thirty or two forty. So it's not that wow. far off price wise. Okay. No, no, I meant pieces. Yeah. Oh, pieces. Oh, um, no, I don't remember how many. Pieces. Okay. All right. No. But um, but just 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 the sheer um. Just just learning that makes me want it even more. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, so I definitely want to... And not only that, um, you get three game cartridges. I saw that, it, yeah. And you get a little um, shelf to put them in. Oh, I didn't see that part. You, yeah, you build, <laughs> you build a shelf that you put the cartridges in, and then each game that it comes with has a uh, a character from the game that you build. Oh, that's... All, wow. They really yeah. went into it. Okay. Yeah, no, they went all, they went all in. Cool. This one and uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. I'm probably going to wind up getting it at some point. Uh, <laughs> Do another live yeah. uh, like you did with Nintendo. With the oh NES. my gosh, yeah, I forgot I did that. That was another like another uh, three hours. That was like th- I think it was like two three hours. Was it it two, was. Yeah, I think it was a cut two three hours because you did the NES and then you yep. did the TV. And then I did the TV. That's I right. Feel like I feel like it was around Christmas too. I think I think it was New Year's weekend. I did. Yes, that's what it was. New Year's. Yes, it was New Year's weekend. I did it back yep. to back. Yep. The, that was intense, but it was fun. I enjoyed. I that. would do it, but seven minutes in, I'd be like, "Boosh!" Yeah, you'd be like, "You'd be like, wait, I can't find it. Where'd that piece? Oh, forget <laughs> it." And you just walk off. Once they go out, they all go out. <laughs> we should we we should do that though, and we should just like uh, we should run a we should run a pool on how long you last. <laughs> All right, who had him at seven minutes and 46 oh, seconds? Oh, my God, just snap one of them in half. Um, oh. All right, so, yeah, the Lego Atari is out cool. uh, if anybody wants to purchase it. And then the last uh, the last little bit that I yeah. had, um, we are celebrating a very special retro birthday this week, too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, we are celebrating the 30th. 30. 30th retro birthday. Again, this was this game was on the Super Nintendo. Came out mm-hmm. in 1992. Mm-hmm. It is a game I absolutely loved, and nobody else seemed to understand. I know you guys didn't, but I had a lot of fun with it. And you'll remember it when I say it was Mario Paint. Oh my God! Yeah, that's 30 years. Yeah, 92. 1992. Okay. Mario Paint. Hey, game, to be fair, it came with the mouse. It did. Yes, and a very the the world's. Like never again has a mouse pad been made of pure plastic. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean that was wow. pure plastic. This is wood. Yeah, it but definitely, um, it definitely was. No, I I mean Mario Paint was. I enjoyed Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. You very much used Mario Paint the way it should have, and I yeah. wish. I'll even let's even take the copyright strike. I'm dying for you to find that video and post it. 
Oh, the uh, Mario the Paint version video. of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my, I'm, folks, I'm telling you. I mean, granted, it was 1992, but yeah, it was 92. I was, I think I was, I was like, thir- I was 13 years old at the time. There was no internet, so you could not look up lyrics. Um, <laughs> and I did the music video of Bohemian Rhapsody. The whole thing. The whole thing, but. The worst part about it was one I couldn't draw, so it looks terrible. Right? Oh, it, it's it's bowling shoe ugly as far it's, as it's quality. completely ugly. And then two, but, two, there was a part when I got to it where I just could not draw anymore. So I just I made, think I remember that I made I made a screen with the lyrics. Yes, you did. <laughs> and to, and to put and to put the lyrics on there, I had to put one letter at a time. <laughs> and not only that, I didn't know the right lyrics so the words like some of the lyrics are completely wrong because i was basically writing them based on what i heard did you do it all joking aside did you do it before or after wayne's world i think i did it because of wayne's world because okay bohemian i didn't know bohemian rhapsody before oh no none of us really did yeah, like uh, bohemian rhapsody, age, yeah, yeah bohemian rhapsody went to the top of the charts in 92 because of wayne's world in so fact i think it's the first song Excuse me. The first song to hit number one again because mm. of a movie. That wouldn't surprise me. I think it's the first one um, to do that. But um, but yeah, like that's exact. That that is absolutely yeah. the reason why because okay. it, was, it was number one on the radio. I loved the song. I wanted to do a song that I love, so I did Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course, friggin' epic song, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I, what the funny thing about it is, I I know where it is. Oh, okay. So it's not lost. No, it's not lost. I know okay. exactly where it is. It's just that it's on a VHS. <laughs> Why that's never been converted to DVD? Because you had a converter. Why you never converted that? That's another story for another time. Yep. Although I, I still have one. <laughs> All right. We have to, I mean, we got to figure out how to do it. We'll take the copyright. Yeah, strike. but they, I was going to say they won't, they won't put the song online though. If we post, you it. know what happened? You know what? It's 2022. People could just sync the song up with the video okay. at this point because you don't skip a beat. So no, I really don't. I, I pretty much hit it all. You get the guy floating in the air. Yes, <laughs> Mama. Oh my God. All right. All right. Yeah, I, will, I, I will track that down. Awesome. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, Mario Paint. I loved Mario Paint just real fast. Um, it, it was sweet. I am pretty sure on when Mystery Science Theater came back on Netflix a few years ago, mm-hmm. I am pretty sure they did a version of the theme song from uh, on Mario Paint, even though they don't officially say it, because mm-hmm. I hear a dog and I hear a baby and some of the other weird noises nice. that came with Mario Paint. And a couple, man, what's fine around here? And the, a couple of the, um, uh games that like mini games that were in it yep. ended up they re-released them on some ds games oh, i nice. forgot which is which but they did come back on a couple of games all right that's cool so well happy birthday mario paint happy birthday and mario paint by god i miss consumer consumer report store remember the consumer report magazine oh yeah a store over on on nap street we're going local mm-hmm. that was because that's where i bought mario paint you had oh, to like wow the store, I forgot, it was consumer something. And you actually had to put like an order form like yes. on a magazine and mm-hmm. then hand it to the person who goes in the back and it comes out on like a, like a, <coughs> on a, on a railway or whatever. And uh, I don't know why I remember that, but it was the first game I remember buying my own money. Nice. So, and, and a good purchase of that. Yes, it was. So, and the only time I ever used the mouse. Yes. Same. Awesome. All right. Happy birthday, Mario Paint. Happy birthday, Mario Paint. 
All right. And with that, folks, we're going to wrap this all up. But remember, coming up, uh, oh, my gosh, what, this coming weekend from when? No, in, in uh, August 12th through the 14th. You're much better off just saying the date. <laughs> I'm so confused as to what day today is. Yes. August 12th to the 14th, the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo is back, baby, after yes, so is. many years. And the retro gamers will be there in some way, shape, or form. But we will be there. We're going to do a live podcast. But besides us, folks, get your tickets. Come on down to the Cradle of Aviation Museum right across from Nassau Coliseum. They're going to have over 150 games set up, arcades, consoles. There's going to be a bunch of vendors there, Mm -hmm. Um, contests. We are promoting and sponsoring. (laughs) We're sponsoring. Sponsoring the Tetris tournament. So make sure to get into that. And whoever the winner is, I'd like to see them go up against Anthony. I, I am pretty good. Okay. I'm interested in that one. Uh, so definitely check it out again, 12th to the 14th. Get your tickets at liretro.com. Awesome. And looking, with that, looking forward to that. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm hoping I can be there. It's not set in stone. Uh, you know, and honestly, you know, I don't blame you if you're not there because you're a, a bit further away than I am. A so, tad. so I can make it. But, I might hit, um, maybe I'll hitchhike. That'd be cool. We'll yeah. see you there for 2023 then. Yeah, exactly. You know, ah, it would be, cool. be like my version of Pee Wee's <laughs> <Big> Adventure. <laughs> my game! Um, okay. So with that, uh, remember, folks, remember, catch us on all social media platforms. As we mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, face- end it now. But, uh, but we can still end it the same way. All right, right. do it. You guys can find us on Facebook.com slash Retro Gamers Podcast, on Instagram at Retro Gamers Podcast, on Twitter at Retro Gamers Pod. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. You can email us at email at the retrogamers.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a good review, hopefully a good review. We hope you like us if you're listening to us this far, this long, <laughs> um, but it would be greatly appreciated. So thank you. Yes. And with that, Ant, have a wonderful week. You have a great week as well. All right, folks. We'll catch you everywhere next week on the Retro Gamers Podcast. <laughs>